Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Vic Jill, USMC 86. And right now, you're listening to one of my favorite podcasts, From Page to Screen. And could you also do me a favor and check out The 40 Cast? Thank you. This is Anthony Alex from the Angry Mailman podcast, and you're listening to another fine show from the From Page to Screen Media Empire. Hello, oh. the man with the multi profiles. I know. <laughs> well, like everything, it's like, hey, I need a public and then a, uh, a business, right? Whatever, yep. man. I mean, it all comes through the same thing. I, you know, the older I get, the more I go, wow, what the hell, man? What were you thinking? You know, two exactly. Books, 15 Twitters. What, what's, what are you up to, man? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just uh, sitting looking over Blandine's feedback for the miniseries. Oh, you thing. know what? That's cool, so. man. I'm going to pull that up. I purposely did not want to be influenced by it. So no. um, I'm going to pull that up, too, so we can uh, we can discuss that as well. She rocks, man, as far as... She is awesome. It's like most people... I mean, feedback's really hard to get anyway on podcasts. I find you can ask people for it and they're like, nope. They'll happily listen and you know they listen, but you ask them to uh, send an email or whatever and it just never happens. Oh, yeah. Uh, But Blandine's awesome. She's... I think she's on about seven Twitter accounts. Uh, US Uh Danny Dyer fan I know her from and Merlange is another one, isn't it? So it's like... uh, and uh, I'm going to do something a little bit different, and we're probably going to go through her email while we're on a podcast, nice. unlike the guys at Waxing Cinematic who seem to forget all the we time. We do, man. You know, I told Jay, because <laughs> now we've discovered uh, like there's this app, and I'm such a frugal dude. I'm actually going to contact the makers of the app, even though it's just 30 bucks, right, uh, to record the Skype conversation. Um, I'm going to see if they won't just be a perpetual sponsor um, for the podcast if they'll give me the damn thing for free. <laughs> Definitely. But I was telling Jake, I said, dude, with our track record, we just need to have a separate uh, melange uh, podcast where we discuss what she wants to discuss. You know what I mean? Because we sure can't remember to say it, uh, you know, talk about it on the day. So <laughs> no, no video games. She doesn't like video uh, games. Yep. So any, any video game chat will keep till the end after the credits. All right. uh, so start doing that. It's kind of weird. You think, oh, don't want to upset the one listener. I know. I'm sure we've got more than one listener, <laughs> but you sort of go, oh, no, I don't want to upset one. Well, it's uh, or, is it, or is that you just know, me? You, you kind of you learn your audience, right? You know, so... <laughs> And two, you know, it's kind of like there's one radio station around here that caters mainly to women. And not only do they cater to women because women are the main people giving feedback, they actually change the um, 
you know, like the – not the IQ because that would be an insult. They changed the EQ of the show, of their broadcast to match what women would enjoy. So even as men, if we wanted to listen to such, it doesn't sound as good to us because it's actually fine-tuned for women. So that's going all out. So I, I don't know that we can change our voices to, you know, to fine-tune for our one audience member, but yeah, so – <laughs> That's too much homework, isn't it? Oh, it is. Try yep. Change things. Yeah. Hey, dude. Well, oh. before we get into her list and get into like the the meat of the show, how was your vacation? Vacation was very, very good. Um, it has spawned a new podcast that will probably kick off at some point, which is a non movie related show, which I'll email you about at some nice, point. Man. But it has potential. Okay. Um, I've never been to Mexico before. Mm -hmm. Friendliest people in the world. Right. <laughs> Just to label an entire country. But right. I've never been on a holiday where all the staff have just been like amazing to the point that everybody says good morning to you. <laughs> Everybody's super polite. And I know in the sort of hotel industry and stuff, they generally have to be. Well, um, but they don't. But there's a difference. That. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, you, there's genuine. You can tell. Yeah. They can either be genuine or it can be a chore. Like, oh, good morning sir you know so yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> but that's cool man so even more friendly than our uh american perception of uh what uh the uk is like like everybody in england is so friendly and polite and yeah that's not really correct <laughs> no it's kind of weird because i was born in scotland and people just didn't speak to anybody if somebody walked past you and went morning you would get paranoid and think they're either going to rob me or they're a nutcase <laughs> Um, so when I moved further down south into England, right. it freaked me out for a while because people were like, morning. I'm like, I don't even know that person. Why on earth are you speaking right. to you? It took me a while to adjust. <laughs> if you go into a small town, people right. are generally friendly. If you go into a bigger city, you go into London or Manchester, forget it. Yeah. You know, I know people that have lived in London for years and they don't even know who their neighbors are right. to, to that point. Right. So it sort of it is right across the board it's probably the same in the states i think you go to smaller towns or smaller areas right people are friendly you go into like manhattan or whatever right not so much well, I wonder, <laughs> you know and this is my conspiracy theory the closer to the equator the warmer the temperature and the uh personalities you know what i mean because up yeah. north i mean like the further you go north it's like I, I, i've uh, relatives on my dad's side up in New York and New Jersey, Philadelphia and all that. And yeah, man, I mean, like, you know, they may know their neighbors if they want to come over and, you know, but I mean, it's, they don't wave and they, you know, so it's like years and years ago, we had uh, some people move in across the street that were from, I think it was New Jersey or whatever, but yeah, they made the same comment that you did and that, you know, it's like, yeah, these people keep going by and waving. What the hell do they want? You know? <laughs> and I'm like, dude, that's just Southern hospitality. And then um, they were aghast that another neighbor left all of his tools and stuff laying out in the yard while he took a lunch break. And they're like, man, up in New Jersey, that shit would be gone. So... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've lived in towns where you could actually go out for the entire day and leave your door unlocked. Wow. You wouldn't necessarily leave it open so people could see in your house, but you could leave it unlocked. Right. All the cats um, in the neighborhood come to visit yours. <laughs> you have to. Yeah, that's the danger of a cat flap, that one. Right. Um, there was one day in the town that I'm in now, there was one day when I went to work and I'd forgotten to take the keys out of the door on right. the outside. I'd left them in the lock. Right came back at night and they were still there so <laughs> no, i wouldn't advise doing it all the time right but um, you know it happened once and i didn't get robbed yeah so that was quite nice but no the vacation was really really nice a nice 11 hour flight which uh, wasn't ideal especially coming back on a night flight right 
because not only are you going through all the time zones, so your body clock's taking a hammering, right. but it's great when you're sitting next to somebody who's got a baby and they're keeping the baby awake all night oh. and it's like rah, rah, rah. it's like oh come on <laughs> shoot me now yep. was it, it was that better or worse than the guy on the airplane that dexter was telling me about where um somebody was booted from the plane because he thought it was his right to watch porn on his iphone <laughs> or, or his google droid phone or whatever cranked to the max so it was like you know wow. yeah on the plane and I, you know it's if he wants to watch that, then get under the cover. You know what I mean? Like yeah, cover yeah, up yeah. with a blanket, put your earbuds in. I'm just going to see somebody that looks like cousin it from the monsters or yeah. One of the monsters. No, that was Adam's family, but uh, you know, whatever, man, whatever you want to do under the sheets, like Vegas, it'll stay there. But I, I don't want to, I don't, I, I don't want that in front of me on the plane while these little kids are around me. It's going to make me feel worse than uh, watching Watchmen with the four year old that was behind me. And I was just like, damn, man, Mallet scene. Ouch. I kind of want to pull my, uh, you know, I kind of want to stand up. I kind of want to like block the kid's view, you know. <laughs> I mean, did the guy have headphones on when he was watching porn? No, Not that it's, nope. it's acceptable. No, through the oh, speaker. Man. Yeah, and you know, if he was That's on a droid, amazing. it's like iPhones. There's a limit to how much you can actually crank it up, you know. But droids, man, they can be brutally loud. So I can imagine the high pitched um, screams of the lady being serviced you know so it's crazy i mean it really does make you question the mentality of people who think this is okay i have a right to watch it right without even thinking maybe this children maybe the person sitting next to me who is an adult maybe this is a little bit inappropriate for him yeah. or her yeah it, yeah you get it on the bus all the time when people just play music through the phone without headphones you think why do they i, I can't imagine having the mentality where i think I'm going to play my music without headphones. Right. I don't care if anybody's bothered by it or not. Yeah. It's, oh, it's grim. Now, over in London, do you guys have, um, you know, like the people who have put the massive sound systems in their vehicles and they are thumping down the road and it's like, you wonder <laughs> yeah. why the bolts haven't like, you know, like uh, fallen out and the vehicle is just left like the end of the Blues Brothers? But they, but they go worse than that. They put the windows down. Yeah. If you're going to listen to it, yeah. put the windows up and then at least stop some of the noise going out. But they put the windows down. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get it. I remember one time <laughs> I had uh, a rather large truck. This was back probably 15, 20 years ago and gas was cheap. And, um, and man, I had the Ozzy Osbourne cranked. And somebody pulls up beside me in traffic and I thought, oh, my God, my truck's falling apart. Boom, boom, boom. You know, and it just <laughs> – that that's inexcusable. But there's one small town in between here and Charlotte, which is the next biggest city. Um, and locusts, they have noise noise ordinances. Man, it's so early I can't even speak. But anyway, they have noise ordinances where if you are too loud, they will give you a ticket. So my friend Hannah, who you've heard me mention before, she was going through, had her windows up, and didn't think it was that loud. And she got pulled over, and they gave her a warning. But yeah, she was a little little livid about that. But on the other hand, it's kind of nice because you don't have to contend with these people who think you want to hear their crap. So, I mean, over here in the UK, if somebody has really loud music after I think it's 10 o'clock at night, mm -hmm. you can actually phone the police on them and say, um, get them to turn it down. I don't know what they actually do. They just knock on the door and say, can you turn that down? Right. But, um, what we found in Mexico was because it was a holiday place, I think maybe three or four days in, they were having a massive beach party. Yeah. And that was loud, and it went on till about three in the morning. We were getting rather annoyed. It's like, oh come on! <laughs> but you're on holiday, so you think, you know what? There's nothing I can do about it whatsoever. There you go, man. So how did you um, get over the whole jet lag thing in different time zone? What's your secret there? 
My secret there is as soon as I get on the plane, um, whichever way I'm going, I will set my clock to wherever it is I'm going. Mm -hmm. So, you know, UK time on the way back and Mexico time on the way there. And just, I mean, we set off uh, nine o'clock in the morning from the UK to Mexico. We arrived Mexican time at two o'clock in the afternoon after an 11 hour flight. So a little bit of a time (laughs) difference there. Yeah. So once I got partway into the flight, I just changed it to Mexico time. And then once we got to two o'clock, you've just got to stay up for another seven hours and then have an early night in Mexico and make sure you set your alarm for eight o'clock in the morning after to get up and so on. Yeah. And the same sort of thing when it came back. We left Mexico at four o'clock daytime, Mexican time. Mm -hmm. Got back into the UK after a 10-hour flight, slightly quicker, uh, eight o'clock in the morning. (laughs) <laughs> um, so then it was set it back uh, Annette was shattered she was wiped out she had a bit of a sleep in the afternoon I didn't I stayed awake for another 11 hours right. and then just had a really good night's sleep on a Saturday night so that's pretty much you've just got to get yourself out of the mindset of this is the time zone I've come from right and change it to this is the time zone I'm going to <laughs> right uh, and then pull a Jack Bauer and just sort of stay up until you need to <laughs> But don't so, like Jack Bauer, and you can actually visit the restroom. I think that was the one thing that I don't think we ever saw him ever take a, a potty break, you know? No, but I think he probably did that when we were watching scenes with the president or we were watching <laughs> scenes with the bad guys. He's like, oh, the camera's not on me. The red light's gone off or whatever. There you go. I'm going to have a quick quiz. <laughs> so I think that's how he did it. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, Mexico was very, very good, and then it was back to where I am now and building up the PC systems and uh, – downloading all the video footage from various bits and pieces and playing catch up, trying to watch lots of films and catch up on tweets and all that sort of right. stuff. So this week has just been catch up week. Yeah. But that's nice uh, to have, um, you know, it's kind of like whenever I have a really, you know, like either a, a movie production or some other production or just a day of really, you know, like a, a ton of voiceover stuff at the end of the day, I feel really satisfied. And then the next day I'm like, you know what? Hell, I'm just going to watch TV. You know what I mean? So it's kind of, and that doesn't happen all the time, but there are plenty of times where I just feel like, you know what? I've already, I've already put in a week's worth of work. So I'm just going to take a day, you know, just do a personal day. So, and next week I'm in London. For the weekend, I'm at another Comic-Con. Really? So I'm at the MCM London Comic-Con with press passes. Yeah. Um, they're still announcing a few of the guests because it's weird. Some Comic-Cons announce their guests way in advance and that makes you buy tickets. Right. This particular company will announce guests at the last minute, which I don't think works because you don't look and go, oh, they're going to be there, I'll buy a ticket. Right. You don't really know who's going to be there until after you've got a ticket. Right. Um, but Dr. Carter from ER is going to be there. Noah Wiley. Oh, really? Fallen Skies. <laughs> right. Um, is it RJ, whatever his name is, from Breaking Bad, the son? Walt Jr. Oh, he's going to be there? Or Flynn. Yeah. He will be there. Oh, my gosh, man. Um, yeah. Gareth it's, Evans, it's funny. who we were, did the raid. We were he's talking there. about him just yesterday, Walt Jr., uh, as we were doing another project. But anyway, yeah. And then I felt bad because I made that Walt Jr. comment about my reverse uh, dialogue that I had to do. But anyway, I digress. Go ahead. Back to the raid. <laughs> The raid, the director of the raid, Gareth Evans, is going to be there. Oh wow, man! They are doing a big Sherlock panel with a lot of the producers and stuff from Sherlock. Yeah. So hopefully, I shall be able to uh, obtain the audio and the video from those panels and put those out as podcast episodes yeah. and share them around and stuff like that. So and that'd be very cool, dude. This seems like it's uh, becoming the norm for you. Yeah, it's getting there. Yeah, because the original plan for the experience in Comic Con film that I was shooting was to have two cameras going at this one event that I did, the Sci Fi Wales mm-hmm. one. 
but there were sort of issues with the second camera um, and I didn't capture everything that I needed to. So right. there's not enough to do a full one. So I'm just going to base it on several Comic-Cons, which in some ways is better. Yeah, yeah. Well, you get a better. variety. Is Bob going to help you out again? No, it's just me and Annette that's going down. So I'm going to train her into holding the second cam. Right. Because uh, it's weird with a press pass for this one. You are not allowed to take a tripod down. So it's it's in the rules. It's like any floor standing equipment right. you're not allowed to do. Hmm. However, if it's handheld, you're fine. It's like okay. Would it be enough. okay if she took a monopod? Because that wouldn't. I mean, like that would just help steady it, and it's not like it would you know take up a huge footprint. I mean, like it, it wouldn't take up any more space. True. I was thinking of taking the tripod down, just balancing it on my foot. <laughs> that would work. Just, yeah. Not on the floor. Yeah, not on the floor. <laughs> Letter of the law, bitches, right? <laughs> I am taking the mini tripod down anyway because the cameras that I've got, are, they're as light as a feather, yeah. really light. And I like something to have a little bit more weight to it. Right. Because if you've got something really light, it can potentially shake or you can move it when you don't want to. Right. Um, you take somewhere a little bit more weight, it's hopefully going to point where you need to. So I'm going to take a small tripod anyway and yeah. see what's what. So that's my weekend. Very cool. Next man. weekend. So what have you been up to other than lots and lots of waxing cinematic? And while we're on about waxing cinematic, when I listen to your shows, I listen to them at night. Yeah. So it's like before I go to sleep. <laughs> and the amount of times I keep thinking, oh, my God, what what's going on? Jake or John has not seen that film. I'm going to have to mention it. Right. And then when I get up in the morning after, I've forgotten what film it is. So. <laughs> um, but there's a few times where Jake's like, never, just never seen that one. Right. I'm like, what? <laughs> How could he not have seen that one? But I can't remember any of the instances of it. Oh, yeah. Well, it's funny because um, this morning as I was fighting with my alarm clock, and Michelle didn't help out at all because she was wanting to snooze in as long as she could as well. And um, anyway, at some point... I started thinking about miniseries as I was drifting back into sleep. And then you and I did the podcast in my dream and we're talking about, you know, all these different things. And then, um, and then my alarm went off again. And then the things that I thought were really stellar in my dream that I was going to like make notes on gone, man. Yep. So, (laughs) and probably not as stellar as they were in the dream, but it was, you know, in the dream. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like there was one dream where I was determined I was going to send my awake self a text and I was hurrying as I was feeling myself being pulled out of the dream due to the music of uh, my alarm clock. And I was busy texting myself, and then I hit send right before. And then, of course, it didn't come through. But that would have been cool, man. That that would have been a uh, something to tweet about if I'd actually, you know, sent a text to myself from the sleep from universe. Sleep. <laughs> that would have been that would have been impressive. That's some weird sort of time traveling type stuff. That's there. it, man. So yeah. I'm thinking of uh, coming up with a new drinking game. Every time I'm listening to your show and Jake mentions the Terminator, <laughs> I've got to take a drink. I think I would be, how do they say, uh, pissed as a fart <laughs> by 20 minutes into it. Yep. <laughs> Probably. It's so funny because he knows he's going down that path. It's just like a, a bad drinking issue. You know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> it's your, uh, no, it's, I'm not going to say Terminator, you know. So <laughs> Every show. I did enjoy the one when you were talking about um, the Nightmare on Elm Street. That was the one I listened to yesterday. Oh, was that so the that one was... where um, it, it the whole gang was together? Yes. So, what did you think about that, man? Because that was I loved it. Really. <laughs> really loved it. Yeah. Well, um, and Cameron, I think, was the only part of the group that 
uh, did come up to me the next day and said, uh, you know, after I'd posted it and said, so what's the word, man? Did people enjoy it? And, you know, because it was a very eclectic mix. And, and, you know, like Ian shows up and he hadn't even seen the movie since he was a small child. He thought there were tons of nudity in there, which there wasn't, (laughs) you know. So, which, you know, I think that's the way the young mind works, you know. It's some of the things that I remember from, you know, my childhood and like, oh, yeah, she, you know, she was stacked or it was nude or whatever. And then I'm watching it and I'm like, wait a minute, she's got her clothes on. She's, that's not what I remember, you know. <laughs> uh, I don't remember any nudity from uh, Elm Street. Yeah, there, so, other there than was. maybe somebody running around in a blouse, but only, with no yep, sh- the, shorts on. Yeah, and that was it. I think she had like a like pajamas, like pajama shorts on or something. But um, and then there was uh, the nurse in Dream Warriors, who yes. you know. And I really wish they had done it the way it was um, originally conceived, where they had put Freddie makeup on. And there's pictures of uh, that the model with Freddie makeup on. And I just think that would have been more disturbing. Like you look back and you're like, Oh, Hey, wait, but she's still hot. Whoa, it's Freddie face. You know, I just think that would have been cool, man. Twisty. <laughs> it's, it starts the old, uh, would you still, would you hover? Right. You know, she's got a Freddie face. I don't know. Yep. Maybe not. Maybe. I don't know. Like in high school and this sounds <laughs> awful, but it's like, uh, there's a friend of mine who would rank women as far as like, Oh, she's just a one bagger because you put a bag over her face and then he would do her. So anyway, or it's like a two bagger and then there's a three bagger. And I don't remember the criteria <laughs> and what you're doing with all those bags. But yeah, there, there was one friend of mine who was just, yeah. That that was his mindset. But did you guys have oh. that as you were growing up in in Scotland or England or wherever? Um, I mean, I sort of I kept myself to myself when I was growing up. But you generally hear sort of <laughs> phrases like that when you're a little bit older. The one that's pretty common around here is she's the sort of person that proves that's why God invented dimmer switches. <laughs> <laughs> so, <you know. laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. Man. <laughs> So that was fun. So I've been catching up on all your waxing cinematic and well, rose-colored you, spectacles and all that sort of stuff. So it's good. It's been fun, man. And um, uh, we had Eric DeBell, which I haven't had a chance to post those yet. I was having some issues with um, Potomatic, and so that was so I was trying to get it up on on Wednesday, and then that didn't happen. And then Thursday, yesterday, um, I was trying to you know once again take care of Potomatic and get that. Uh, that web uh, the podcast up and then Dexter came over to do an interview um, about the movie that we had we finished more or less uh, within the last few weeks and um, so we ran out of time so once we get through with this podcast I will get those on there but Eric was really cool he um, you know talked movies he's a mentalist and a magician so um, the second podcast which I guess I'll post tomorrow not that you'll be able to see it but it was kind of cool the way he um, he guessed the movie that was on my mind which that's relatively easy. It's Star Wars, right? Because yeah. I have so much Star Wars stuff in my office. But the fact that he pulled the name of Jake's best friend who happened to die a couple of years ago. You know what I mean? But still, he grew up together, but he guessed how old he was. I mean, like how much older Jake was, older than uh, Jason. And put all this stuff together. And watching Jake's face was phenomenal. I mean, like if you – if the people who are listening to this, if you missed the stream uh, watching the video or whatever, I will post a video um, of what happened. But watching Jake's face as – because once I saw his the look on Jake's face, I knew the name that was on his mind. And uh, sure enough, Eric nailed it. But I don't know how Eric did that, man. There's – you know, it's not like uh, Jake wears a Jason shirt. So 
No. Yeah. Jake, he probably wears a Terminator shirt. Pro- probably. Yeah. <laughs> if, if anything. <laughs> but yeah, I agree, man. The uh, That would be a pretty cool drinking game. So It would. Yeah. You would need lots and lots of alcohol, I think. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's kind of like watching 24 and every time he says, damn it, take a shot, man. You're, you're done in 15 minutes. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I watched, um, before we got into the miniseries yeah. and stuff, I watched a documentary last night, which was sent through from one of the production companies, mm-hmm. and I ended up chatting with the guys behind it on Twitter, and it's called Nintendo Quest. Are you familiar with that one? No. It, it looks an indie documentary. Right. It's the sort of thing that I'd shoot, so it's basically people having fun um, using camcorders, right. basically. So it's, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Right. Um, and it is a guy who's a filmmaker called Rob McCallum, mm-hmm. and he sets his friend, Jay Bartlett, a challenge. He's got one month to purchase all official 678 Nintendo Entertainment System games, <laughs> and he's not allowed to use the internet. Wow. Man, how, do you, how would he even do that? He has to, as they say, let's go old school, he has to go around shops. Right. And phone people up, so and then go to flea markets right. and stuff like that, and it's really good. It reminded me of the Dave Gorman Super Size Me, where he's got to eat McDonald's for thirty days right. and get really ill and unhealthy right. and nearly die. <laughs> um, but he's yeah, he's got thirty days. He's got to pay cash for them. His friends aren't allowed to help him, so they're not allowed to go. Hey, I found all these for you. Right. He does it himself, and it's so much fun watching that. Well, it's available on Vimeo at the minute yeah. on you know on demand, but it's coming out on DVD. I think beginning of December. But it's really good. And Nintendo underscore Quest are the people behind it. And the Canadian filmmakers. So such fun. I love watching stuff like that. We, you know, I've, I'm glad that there's things out there that I can watch just for fun right. to enjoy them. Yeah. Not go, oh, I don't quite like the editing on that or oh, that storyline. <laughs> just guys on a challenge. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. So, yeah, well, Nintendo Quest. Out. And, you know, the cool thing, um, you know, we've talked gear on and off, uh, you know, both with your um, your Indiegogo quest. And I'm going to start an Indiegogo campaign for uh, what we need to kind of do a better job videotaping waxing cinematic because um, they still want it as a TV show. And I set up my big camera and then we tried some other little cameras or whatever, but it just nothing has worked out. So um, Eric DeBell bought over the, um, the uh, was it GoPro? And that actually looks good. So maybe we'll go that route and it'd be less to set up every Monday. But um, a friend of mine was telling me that the latest iPhone shoots 4K video. And so I'm kind of thinking about you know going that route, and then that way, whenever I see something really cool, I could shoot video and have really awesome 4K stock footage. So definitely, well, I'll hopefully be starting my uh, video coverage at some point as well when I get settled into here. Yeah. Um, but while we're on about the fundraising, not there was you'll probably see me tweet a bit or mention a bit about Cops and Monsters, right? The web series. They've done maybe I think three Indiegogo campaigns. Mm-hmm. And they've done okay, but obviously the more you do of them, the less the target type right. gets. And he wanted to do another one to do the post-production on episode three. Mm-hmm. So he said, I might do another one for, I think, £700, mm-hmm. $1,000, basically. Right. And I said, well, try Kickstarter, but do a test. Because what we do with these Indiegogo ones is, is once you set it up and running, you're hammering Twitter, you're hammering Facebook, right. and it's exhausting and horrible and tiring and <laughs> soul-destroying, but you get the results at the end of it. So it's right. pretty exhausting. And you feel bad for spamming everybody's timelines. Right. So I said... <laughs> 
set up a Kickstarter one mm-hmm. for Cops and Monsters, and he did. Mm-hmm. I said, but don't do any advertising for it. Just leave it. Mm-hmm. And he did, and he made $1,000. He made £700 wow. through no advertising at all. I think he put maybe out four or five tweets. But if you compare that to the Indiegogo one where he probably put out about 5,000 tweets right. over 60 days <laughs> and made maybe 300 UK pounds more right. than he did on the Kickstarter one. Kickstarter seems to have a bigger audience. Right. So if you're going to go down the fundraising route, I would probably recommend. I mean, there's nothing to lose. You right. don't pay anything up front for the Kickstarter. But right. it, that website seems to have a bigger audience yeah. than Indiegogo does. I so you may fare better doing that one. And I mean, like, I guess I could actually do two, or would that be counterproductive? No, I wouldn't have thought so. I would, if you're going to do two, I would advertise one. Right. So probably advertise the Indiegogo one and hammer that one. Yeah. And then leave the Kickstarter one. Because what you don't want to be doing is putting out two links to all your followers because <laughs> it would get really confusing <laughs> right. and messy. But advertise one, but not the other. Right. And then just see what happens. Right. Well, I think from what, like, from the movie, uh, you know, like someone trying to get the funds up to do a project, um, I think more people like Indiegogo just because however much money you get, then you receive it. You know what I mean? So um, even if you don't meet your goal, you still get that money versus Kickstarter. If you don't meet your, you know, like what your your goal is, then, right. So but that helps the investor feel better about it. So it's kind of like, well, I needed 10,000 to do this project. I only have 5,000, which means I'll get a new car. You know what I mean? So uh, I think that's the mindset of the people who are investing. They want to be sure that their money actually goes where it's uh, where they are thinking it's going to go. Definitely. And also at Indiegogo, you lose your percentages. Um, you know, I think it's 4% if you hit your target. Yeah. It's 9% if you don't hit your target. Then the money goes into your PayPal and PayPal take their money. I think I cleared, <laughs> I raised 1100 and something, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And I walked away with about 850 really? after all the fees had gone. Wow, yeah. man. Well, I guess everybody has to, you know, get their piece of the pie. But that does that does tend oh, to totally. suck, yeah. Because, I mean, they're already holding your money. So, technically, they're making interest on that, you know? Yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like – Okay. At one point, what they used to do is if uh, – so say you donated to my campaign, I would have that donation within a couple of hours yeah. in my PayPal account. Now they've changed it where they hold on to it until the campaign ends. Right. So for those 60 days, yeah. they are making a lot of money on the interest. Yeah. So, and that's something new that's come into effect. But it's it's definitely worth looking at Kickstarter. I mean, it depends what your target is. Right. If it's a huge target, then – Indiegogo probably because I couldn't imagine the stress of, oh no, I need to make some more money or I'm not going to get any of that. Right. <laughs> um, but if it's if it's a reasonably small one, right, then I would say Kickstarter because it seems to have more people. Yeah. Who are clicking on the page and just chipping in. I mean, Cops and Monsters they had a lot of donations on the Kickstarter one. Mm-hmm. They didn't even know who these people were. They like I don't even know who they are. Whereas uh, Indiegogo is generally people you know, right? Because they're clicking on your link. So it gotcha. Was, it was interesting. Yeah. Well, and then at the end of it all, we really do need to do that podcast where we discuss the ins and outs of trying to do the crowdfunding thing. Yeah, definitely. Who so, knows? Maybe uh, yeah. we should just um, – maybe I should be videotaping, and that could be another documentary. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but I am going to start uh, investigating a stream with a dot as well because I've tried to find the app on the Kindle. Right. Can't find it can't find i've tried all sorts of things right. and 
can't seem to find the app. So maybe it's just a Kindle Fire that doesn't like it. But, uh, maybe. You know, that's the weird thing with uh, the Amazon Kindle is that it's not even running the latest version of the Droid software. It's And then they try to limit what you can do with it. And then, hey, there's all these apps I'd really like to play using the Droid software. But yet, oh, well, it's, you know, it, I think it's a couple of years old, like at least the last version of um, – and I can't keep up with the names that the kids do, but it's like, you know, whatever operating system for the older Droid phones. And then you have to go through Amazon's gateway to get anything, which further limits everything. And yeah, it's, um, yeah, it, it is kind of frustrating. It seems like somebody was telling me that they were able to find stream and make it work on the, um, on their Kindle, but I think they had to go through some other gateway. I'll get Ian to send me an email and then I'll send it to you so you can find it. But there's an alternate way, um, an alternate, you know, like you go into, you know, the sketchier side of whatever, uh, of the internet and then you get the software that you really want. So, yeah. But it's free. I don't know why they're wanting to limit it, but it's just like, you know, evidently Kindle doesn't like Chromecasting. Um, you know, and I know they want to promote their Fire Stick and whatever, but geez, man, you know, I can't cast from my Kindle. I have to do it from my iPhone or my iPad. So, yeah, I'll sort it out at some point. Yeah. It's on, uh, on my very long list of things to do. Mm hmm. So, have you watched anything? I have just restarted watching Fear the Walking Dead. Because all six episodes have been on. I'm partway through episode number two. Oh, yeah? I'm enjoying that show. I like it. I haven't even seen it. Where are you? How are you catching it? Or should we not say on on the podcast? Um, I, I can <laughs> I cannot recollect where I'm catching it. I hear you. <laughs> um, nope, I've forgotten. I'll find out for you and let you know. Okay. Um, but yeah, so it's got six episodes. Right. Set way before The Walking Dead. Yeah. Um, it's the the. Just sort of the outbreak and right. what's going on type thing, but I prefer that side of things rather than big hordes of zombies right. running around eating. That's kind of been dumb. and uh, all that. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So because I'm doing a horror show on Sunday and Jake is going to be attending oh, on awesome. the horror podcast. Yeah. Well, very so cool. that should be fun. Yeah, he's been saying that he wanted to, you know, get on there at some point, and he is definitely the horror guy. And since it's a horror themed show. Probably he won't bring up Terminator. I can't guarantee it, you know, because it does have a John Carpenter vibe with the music and the the uh, way it was shot in the eighties. But yet, maybe <laughs> we shall see. I fully expect him to mention Terminator at some point. <laughs> so usually a few days before the horror podcast, I right. just watch lots and lots of horror things, so that way I've got something to talk about because yeah. it's not it's not really my favorite genre. Yeah, it's, I prefer thrillers and stuff like that. Yeah. So. But how about like uh, sci-fi that's also horror and a thriller? You know, sci-fi horror works. I, I had this conversation with the host when we started. I said, look, there'll be some comedy horrors. There'll be some science fiction horrors. If I want to talk about Starship Troopers, that's fine. Yeah. It's got some horrific bits in it. Yeah, it does. And it's like, so there is like a blend of, of horror things. Right. And sometimes we'll go talk about other things. So. Right. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it's I have friends that like the hardcore independent horror where like, you know, the dude is um, attached to a tree with uh, barbed wire and then someone rams a chainsaw up his butt and cuts him in half. And yeah, that's not my thing. So No, <laughs> I don't mind gore if it's relevant. Right. Uh, but what if it's gratuitous, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not interested. <laughs> But you were asking what I've been entertained by, and I've been checking out all the new shows. And um, Limitless, uh, which you know is based upon the movie, uh, Bradley Cooper is one of the executive producers. Um, and you know, it's 
I don't know if it'll last, uh, but so far I'm kind of enjoying it. Um, Agents of Shield, of course, kicks ass. Uh, Blind Spot, which is new, um, you know, where the chick wakes up in uh, uh, in New York in a duffel bag, and she has no memory, and she's covered with tattoos, and the tattoos are more or less forecasting what's going to happen. So they're trying to use her as a roadmap. The FBI is and try to solve crimes and whatever else. So it's intriguing so far. Um, I think we're on episode two or three so you know um minority report which dexter says has already been cut from 13 uh episodes down to 10 which kind of makes me want to stop watching i mean like it's pretty cool i kind of enjoy it i think a lot the problem i have with a lot of these um the u.s shows is that the cast is so young and so pretty you know what i mean so that it's kind of like you know it's not real you know, versus it's kind of like I started watching a TV show on Netflix that was on sci-fi called Dark Matter. And it's solid. But then again, man, you have this cast of everybody looks so nice. You know, it's almost like a CW show. And so, you know, it's just I don't know. That's the thing I, I really enjoy about the uh, UK shows is, you know, you have someone beautiful like Kelly McDonald, who's also has one of the sexiest voices on the planet. But still, she looks like somebody that you could possibly work with. You know, and uh, same thing with John Sims and or is it John Sim or Sims? Anyway, John Sim. Yeah. Yeah. So you got you have John Sim. You have, you know, I mean, a plethora of people that technically they probably do look like people you hang out with and work with. They're not, you know, the L.A. cookie cutter uh, kind of, you know, I've had a a little surgery and I put that invisible quotes to, you know, I mean, like, dude, you look you are the same blonde that this blonde is and so forth and so on so i can't even tell the difference between you know this person this actor and the other actor now so yeah but uh, but arrow is back i i didn't know how they were gonna you know like because have you been keeping up with arrow no i've seen maybe the first five or six episodes i just can't get right. into it i don't know whether it's me just being all burned out on comic book stuff right or right Oh, yeah, who knows? But no, it's, it doesn't seem to be the show that's gripping me. Right. Well, and that's good for you to know as much as you try to pack into your day uh, with entertainment. But um, last year, the season ended with uh, what could have been a wrap up like, hey, it's been a fun run. See you, uh, you know, someplace else. See you on the big screen or whatever. But then they came back and it's solid. It's interesting. And they, um, you know, they're they're still blending the Flash world uh, with Arrow and it's the DC universe so whatever but you know you have your metahumans which are more or less your mutants and then you have your mystic sorcerer types kind of like you know Ra's al Ghul and whoever else who you know summons the dark power and whatever else so but anyway that's back on I'm enjoying that and then of course the Flash is really solid too but then again I'm a comic book geek so one of these days I will probably get topped off kind of like when you drink too much liquor and you go hey I'm done with this party. You know what I mean? Uh, but yep. until then, I will I will continue enjoying all the uh, comic book entertainment I can. I think I get burned out when it's uh, when I listen to a lot of podcasts and they're talking about films that are coming out in five and six years. Yeah. Oh, this, this is coming in 2020. Right. It's, like, it's 2015, for God's sake. <laughs> Calm down. And how many of these things are going to be canceled? You know, because I met. Well, a lot of them are, aren't they? You know, yeah. Spider Man 3, Spider Man 4, and all the Venom movies. You know, well, why are they not talking about them anymore? Oh, we're not doing them anymore. Well, I spent an hour listening to you guys <laughs> talking about how you were going to do them. It's yeah. get quite annoying. <laughs> yep, definitely. And, and, you know, they, like, I think with the Fantastic Four movie being such an utter disaster for whatever reason, who knows? I haven't seen it. I don't know that I want to, but I mean, you know, a lot of people are finger 
finger pointing and well, you know, the director says, well, you know, a year ago I had the perfect movie. Now it's shit because someone else reedited it. You know, that wasn't my vision. Don't blame me. The actors are all going, Hey, we were great though. Right. You know, so it's a lot of, um, you know, uh, tossing blame. And, but I think that's really made people second guess whether, you know, that's still a hot property doing comic book movies. And I think if they would focus more on story and tell the whatever they're trying, you know, whether it's a moral tale or whatever, in a sci-fi superhero kind of backdrop, that would be cool. But I think when they rely too much on it's a comic book movie to bring in the uh, audience, I think that's where they fail. I think also with films, I mean, it's definitely not something that happened when I was growing up. But nowadays, it just seems to be you get a running commentary of how the film's coming along while it's made. You get still images, leaked footage, leaked right. trailers. People are talking. It's like, just shut up, make the film. Right. When it's done, then do your marketing. Stop just focusing on it now. So you get kind of, I mean, how many years have we been hearing about Batman v Superman? Right. And it's. Still not coming out till next year. You think, oh god, right. give me a break. I'm I'm fed up with it now. When especially, I want to watch it. But. Especially the way they, you know, it's like Batman versus Superman. Hey, wait, you know what? We'll add Wonder Woman. Okay, whatever. Hey, wait, we'll add Aquaman. Really? Yeah, all right. You know, so they just keep adding these different. You know, it's like, oh, next they'll say, well, we've got John Stewart as a Green Lantern, and you know, add all this extra crap in there uh, as fluff and filler, and then you have one movie that is now a two-part movie that will eventually become a 15 part movie they'll do it you know they'll milk it and i don't know man i mean like i i wish that we could kind of go back to the days where it's a one-off and then have the characters popular then yeah we'll do another but it wasn't like some big continuing saga like lord of the rings you know it was more like hey the um the art was it the ark of the covenant or whatever the first indiana jones movie was that was popular so eventually it's like hey why don't we do another one yeah temple of doom you know that to me is cool. That that's more of a serial in long form, um, you know, which I think is fun. You know, it's a story versus oh my god, I can't wait till the you know fifth part of uh, Hunger Games. Woo, you know, yeah, whatever. Oh, James Cameron, I'm going to shoot twelve Avatar movies back to back and release. You know what? Just concentrate on the second one, right? Because that's. <laughs> That should have been out years ago, uh, yeah. Avatar two, and instead, yeah. still no, no sign of anything. Yeah. So, what do you think so about the uh, all the talk about Mars and should we colonize it, or have you kept up with that at all? Um, I do like to keep on sort of looking at that weird dark matter thing that they found in space at the minute. And oh, obviously, yeah. if you go if you go on Facebook, they're like they found an alien structure. <laughs> no, that's not. That is not the news story. They found something in space. They don't know what it is. It's not a skyscraper on an alien world. Um, should we colonize Mars? No. Yeah. Um, because we're kind of messing up planet Earth. Right. So I think until people can learn to not ruin one planet. Right. You know, the solution is if you've got a you've got a dustbin that's full of rubbish, you don't just go out and buy another dustbin, do you? You kind of work out how to get rid of the right. rubbish in the first one first. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe turn it into a prison planet. That'd be cool. <laughs> Hey, Put Snake Plissken on it. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a note of that because maybe that's a really good movie idea, man. Possibly. <laughs> Escape from Mars. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I think um, as long as Matt Damon doesn't go out there and 
and get stuck. Well, you know, I'd only heard part of what he said, and I was like, man, that's too bad. Because, I mean, he's always seemed like such a nice guy, you know, like bringing coffee to uh, interviews with yeah, Lesser exactly. Magazines and stuff. And then um, yesterday, I, you know, someone was enlightening me that he was really just ripping everybody a new one and being a dick. And so I guess I'll eventually find it on YouTube and check it out. But, yeah. Was this the rant that he got into trouble for? Right. Yeah, I think from what I've seen, I've seen some of the clips and read some of the articles. Mm. I think along his lines was sometimes actors should keep their, I mean, actors or actresses, they should keep their personal side quiet because it can hurt a career. So, for example, if there is a gay actor, the audience might find it hard to believe him as playing a straight man in a film. So he he was going along that line. But then the news obviously ran with it going, Matt Damon hates gays. (laughs) And it's like, that's not what he said. And that's kind of how it flipped. And he made it worse for himself by going on TV and apologizing. (laughs) So I don't apologize because he didn't really say anything wrong. It's just the press going, Matt Damon wants to kill all gay people. (laughs) No, he didn't. He just said maybe people should just... Have a work head and have a home head. Right. And that was pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> because ultimately, no matter how enlightened we think we are as a people, you know what I mean? Um, there's still a negative backlash towards um, people coming out of the closet. You're, yeah. You know, and so, yeah, it's uh, it's still a touchy thing. And I wish people wouldn't judge like that. I remember when, uh, you know, it came out that Vin Diesel was bisexual, right? And everybody's like, oh, hell, I'm not going to go watch another one of those Fast and Furious movies. Really? <laughs> because yeah. it's still, it's, it's, it's Dom. It's not Vin Diesel. It's Dom. You know, it is. if you believe yep. his acting, you know, but anyway, I, I digress, man. The audience is so fickle. They love you one day, okay. hate you the next. I remember when would it have been early 90s, I think, when I used to work in a video store. I used to take in music videos and just have them playing on music video tapes back in the day. Uh, yeah. No discs, <laughs> tapes. Right. Um, and I had Queen's Greatest Hits 1 and 2. Right. So it was all like music from Highlander and stuff like that. Right. I remember somebody coming in going, what you listen to this for? He's gay. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> I like the music. I don't want to blow it. Right. <laughs> I'm just listening. What? Well, somebody on stream, because you get, I mean, like we have diehard fans, right, the, of the show, and they are there every single Monday morning, and they interact and everything. Periodically, we'll have some jackass show up, and um, they were making fun of uh, Jake's height, and they were like, wow, that guy, when he's not on his stool, he could suck that other man's nipple. And I'm like, I'm just ignoring it. And I've told Jake, I said, don't feed them. Just ignore them. They'll go away, right? And our fans of the show will get on there and say, we're about to ban you, you know, and watch your mouth and whatever. But anyway, this one dude said, waxing cinematic, that's gay. And I said, thanks, we are happy. You know what I mean? So I tried to flip (laughs) it, you know, but yeah, man, they're just – Anyway, man, people, humans, and then we want to go colonize Mars and fuck that up too, you know? So, <laughs> Waxing cinematic, that's gay, and yet you're here watching us. What does that say about you, sir? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Crazy. I mean, maybe they thought it was a different sort of waxing. I don't know. I think it's like 40-year-old virgin type stuff. Right. And, you know, periodically we do make waxing jokes. Like when uh, Jake was at the beach with uh, with Heather and the kids and uh, we said something about uh, waxing bodies or whatever. And then, yeah, we started joking around about that was what Heather was doing with uh, Jake down at the beach. So like, on occasion we do we'll go on a bizarro tangent. It's part of the, yeah. uh, the show, I think. But anyway. <laughs> oh, bizarre. man. The wonderful world of the internet. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, Anything you want, it's out there. Sadly, 
it's out there. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so, I don't want to. I don't want to take up too much time, man. I, I have until eleven o'clock my time free. But you know, if it, maybe we should get on to the miniseries thing. We should see. I was talking to Bob last night, and I told him what we were going to be chatting about today, and he went. Hmm, what do you call a miniseries on? That's a very good question because when I was a kid growing up, it was things like right. The Winds of War, Thornbirds, right. Roots, all that sort of stuff. So these like 10-hour one-off hit things that were based on books. Right. Nowadays, especially looking at Blandine's feedback as well right. and listening to some of the things that Bob suggested, uh, things like The Fall, which is a British one, mm-hmm. but then that's got a second series now. So is that still a miniseries or... Does it, it's like the definition of a miniseries seems to have altered over the few years. I think so, too, because I was surprised that they consider the original Battlestar Galactica reboot, that that's a yeah. miniseries. Because um, that was a one-off, though, that Battlestar Galactica. Right. When it came out, the, it was maybe 12 months before the series kicked right, off. Right, right. But – where do I mean, like you know, where do you draw the line? You know, and same thing with the way you guys over in the UK. It's like you know, well, it's not season one, two, and three. It's series one, two, and three. So it's like you know, in a way, I kind of consider Sherlock a miniseries because you know, here are three hour and a half to two hour movies for season one. So and then they take a break or whatever, and then they come back, and it's almost like the serials of old, kind of like you know, the Indiana Jones trilogy. You know, uh, and yep. I say trilogy versus you know, including that Alien. Uh, oh crap. yeah, I'm hoping they don't ever make a fourth one in the Indiana Jones. Right. I think keep it as a three. <laughs> I think it'll so be fine, too, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, I think it's it it kind of boils down to and even on uh, like I did a Google search just to see what they came up with to see what I agreed with, and um, you know it, it's hard to define. You know, like some of the things that they had on there, I could have sworn they were a TV series, but maybe not. I don't know. So. The one I looked at had the latest season of 24 as a miniseries. I'm like, no, that's season nine. Maybe right. it's a shorter series, Yeah, but it's <laughs> certainly not a miniseries yeah. by any means. Yeah, but I think some of them considered that. And maybe is that an enticement for someone to, you know, like, ah, oh, there's the TV series. I'll catch it later. Or, oh, it's a miniseries. So that means it's a limited engagement. And not that you can't find on Hulu and on the Internet. Uh, but, I mean, is it like, wow, this is like a really long movie and I want to see it versus getting involved? Because some people are, um, you know, they're intimidated by something called a TV series. It's like, oh, shit, man, I'm going to watch 24 episodes and then I'm going to have to watch next season, you know, and they don't want to make a commitment. So maybe miniseries is the, the title that entices people to get involved with characters. I don't know. I think it is, but I think there's definitely a blend of the way the miniseries is classed nowadays mm-hmm. and the way I remember it. Right. You know, with things like Lonesome Dove and all that sort of stuff, which I've never seen, but I was aware of the adverts. Yeah. Well, they had was that really sexy. Um, I can't remember her name, but um, the lady who, um, gosh, and she, she was in some horror movie where she was the killer, and then I think she was in Thornbirds, and then I think she maybe did one or two other, but very pretty actress. And um, I can't remember her name. That sucks. But anyway, but that was my only enticement to watch that, and I still skipped the miniseries. So, because <laughs> I remember so, uh, watching the uh, the commercial for it, and I'm like, oh, it has blah 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 in it. And then still, I forgot to watch. So, <laughs> whoops. Nowadays, you just be like Netflix. Yeah, it's, it's all right there. And um, you know, the cool thing, if you can be patient and avoid people who are going to give you spoilers, once it hits Netflix, then hell, man, you can just binge watch it over a day and a half, and you're done with the series. So, 
Yeah. Which is exactly what I've been doing with a, funnily enough, a mini series, which is a British one called Happy Valley. Oh, yeah? Which is very good. It's a six episode thing. It's set in sort of middle England, so not too far from where I am. And it tells of, and we've all done it. There's this guy who wants a pay rise from his boss. Right. And he goes into his boss. He's like, can I have a pay rise because my kid needs to go to university? And the, uh-huh. the boss is like, sorry, I don't really have any spare money, even though he does. Right. <laughs> so the guy is having a conversation with somebody else. And he said, you know what? I asked this guy for money and he's not even giving it to me. Do you know what somebody should do? Somebody should kidnap his daughter and hold her ransom. <laughs> and funnily enough, I'm pretty sure you could see where this right. thing's headed. <laughs> she gets snatched, and it's it's a really, really good mini-series called Happy Valley. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Blandine's checking out if she's yeah. if she's able to get it, because it's her sort of thing. But that's good. That was from last year. Oh, that's cool, man. Oh, oh, Happy Valley. On, the, uh, on my list. So. But it's so much better binge-watching it, because there's been a couple of cliffhangers. You think, oh, I can't even imagine having right. to wait a week to find out what happened with that one. Because <laughs> I'm an odd one when I watch some TV shows that do that. Because you remember, like, I remember Alias in particular. Um, at the end of every episode, there was this big cliffhanger, right? And so yeah. pretty much, if I'm going to watch a TV show, especially on my own, then pretty much, like, I'll... St- Start with the pilot or whatever, but then I'll go ahead and watch into uh, the beginning of the second episode so that there's no longer a cliffhanger, and then I can get to work. And then the next day, I'll watch about the same amount from near the beginning on that episode to um, you know the next episode, like into it by about 10 minutes. So there's no cliffhangers. And that way, if I spend two weeks before getting back to the show, I'm not like, oh, I wonder what happened to that dude hanging by a thread. So... Which I know ruins it because that's not the way that it was originally intended to be watched. But I don't have time to binge watch everything. So, do you uh, do you want a little bit of funny breaking news as well? Or well, breaking news? Yeah, I've man. only just seen the thing. Uh, have you ever seen the Guy Pierce film Lockout? Yes. Did you, John? Have you, John? John Carpenter has just won a court case against it. No, really. For the fact that it's a ripoff of Escape from L.A. and Escape from New York. How is that? I, I don't really see that. No idea. Yeah. So, yeah, John Carpenter wins plagiarism case against Luke Besson over Lockout. Wow, man. Because to me, it's such different beast. You know? I mean, they're both sci-fi in essence. But, I mean, you know, it's um, – wow, man. I mean, number one, he should apologize for uh, Escape from L.A. But Escape from Port, <laughs> man, that's a classic. But yet, you know, you're not in space – you know, I mean, like, there was more to lose in space. You know, it's kind of like, oh, well, the space station is crashing. Everybody's going to die. Versus New York, I mean, like, it was just um, filled with crazy people in the, the uh, you know, in the huge prison, if you will. So, Well, they're still moving ahead with the remake for Escape from New York. And the guy that they've got writing it is a guy called Neil Cross, who created Luther. So wow. they've got him on board yeah. for uh, writing Escape from New York remake. Yeah. But J- John Carpenter is being paid twenty thousand euros, which is probably about fifty grand or something, I think. Right. For the lawsuit. For the lawsuit, <laughs> yeah. John Carpenter's getting twenty thousand euros. Oh, uh, ten thousand euros are going to the screenwriter, right. which is Nick Castle and Carpenter, and fifty thousand euros to whoever owns the rights to Escape from New York. So it's hardly like a groundbreaking right. uh, lawsuit. Yeah. But, I was gonna say they're gonna know. go out and get a new Pontiac, right? They're, they're not yeah. even going to get, like, a Honda. They're going to get a Pontiac. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. So, yeah, I just saw that flash up on my news. Yeah. So, anyway, mini-series. 
um, let's see here. Oh, and I was going to say, uh, and I know we're, we'll eventually get get to uh, Blandine's list, but you know, um, all the stink about Idris Alba being too street or true to whatever to play uh, James Bond. I still think he would be a good Bond, and I think that. Um, you know, Daniel Craig set the stage for a grittier Bond, and I think Idris Elba would be great to take his place. He so. would. I mean, if you can, if you're okay with Daniel Craig being Bond, yeah, I don't see how you can have a problem with Idris Elba being Bond. Yeah. They're very similar people. Yeah, definitely. So I, I don't know if uh, I, I don't know the the actual reason that everybody is against Idris Elba, but for me, my vote would be let Idris Elba play Bond. I think that would be very cool. So. All right, so on to the miniseries, man. Do you want to go over Blandine's list first? Or? Yeah, yes. Well, I'll go over um, – yeah, I'll run down Blandine's list. Right. That way it, get, it gets done then, and she'll be like, thank you. Yeah, podcast that does read my That's feedback. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me know if you've seen any of these. A lot of these I've seen. A couple of them I've never even heard of. Yeah. She's got Pride and Prejudice from 1995. Never I think thought. she's a Colin Firth fan because she says, did I mention that he's in it? Yes, she did. Right. Twice. Did you see that? Um, I saw that one. It was okay. I don't mind these sort of Jane Austen type right. period dramas where people walk up and down gravel for an hour and a half in <laughs> conversations. Um, so yeah, have you seen Pride and Prejudice? No, never did. No, no. Yeah, it's it's okay. Uh, <laughs> Roots, Roots. I have never seen. Starring Jordi LaForge, Lavar yeah. Burton. Yeah, Reading Rainbow. Um, I haven't seen Roots. I know about it. I know the you know like the so many facets of it. But yeah, just just you know because people have uh, you know done parodies or they've talked about it or whatever. But I've never seen it. No, this is my all-time favorite um, miniseries that she's mentioned as well. Stephen King's The Stand. Yep, that I was, was chatting to Jake about this last night. I love that series. Yeah, that made my list, and yeah, I thought it was great. I mean, like I remember this, you know, like certain people either loved it or hated it, but I was one of those I enjoyed it. 14 times I've seen that miniseries, really? which yeah. it's six hours. So that's a lot of hours I've spent watching. I've got the soundtrack. I've got the book. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of excited about them doing a remake for cinema, but that seems to have been in development for way too long. Right. I don't know what's going on with that one. Yeah. So, um, we have the first mention of John Sim in State of Play, and- which is the British version. Yeah. That was actually remade as a film as well. Really? With uh, Russell Crowe in the John Sim role. So it was a cut down to like two hours. Oh, yeah, yeah, to, yeah. It's a movie version. Of I did enjoy that miniseries. It's like Hulu is actually to the point where um, because I like Life on Mars, they were like, hey, you know what? You may like, um, you know, stay to play. So I check, I watched that all on my own because some things I'll watch with Michelle. Sometimes I'm watching things on my own. But that was really good. And it, I was amazed at how old it was because I guess, you know, uh, politics – uh, is like always a, a good topic and they're always very crooked whether you're on you know in the UK or in the United States right and uh, but I was surprised at how old it was because really everybody's aged really well you know <laughs> they have, yeah David Morrissey in there as well from the walking dead so. yeah the governor and then um, yes. I thought it was also cool that uh, Bill uh, Nighy however you pronounce his name um, and he was in it, and he had a lot of the same mannerisms as um, uh, Davy Jones, you know, with the little clip. Bill Nye has the same mannerisms in everything. <laughs> I think those are the Bill Nye sort of things. Yeah, well, if I... you watch him in um, Love Actually, he's exactly the same in that as well. Oh, yeah. 
it's been a while. But even his laugh and everything. But there were a couple of times he was sitting behind the desk and stayed to play, and he would do that whatever. And I was like, what the hell, man? There's Davy Jones again. So yep. yeah, <laughs> he does it in Underworld as well. So which I heard you talking about oh, on your man. show. I I mean, like I don't remember that. Maybe I need to watch. I mean, like I remember Underworld, but I don't remember him doing all the crazy stuff. But maybe that is just him. It'd be kind of cool to see him in an interview and see if he does this little clicky Davy Jones thing again. Does indeed. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, Prime Suspect. Are you familiar with that show? No, but Helen Mirren. I I don't think. I think she could be a hundred and she'll still be hot and sexy. And that's really weird for, you know, that goes beyond like gilf. You know what I mean? It's like uh, great grandmother, uh, you know, who's still hot, but yep. she is just a naturally beautiful woman who carries herself knowing that she's still gorgeous, which I find very attractive. So anyway, I digress. Yep. So <laughs> we got seven series of prime suspect and she plays, I can't remember what her police rank is, but she's not a uniform one, mm-hmm. but she's like a sort of detective police woman. And each series, which is probably three, four hours long, right. will be like a murder case or a kidnapping case or something like that. It's really, really good. So it's seven seven series and it was done over quite a long period of time. So it wasn't one of these right next year we're gonna have another one and the year after that we're gonna have another one. There would be sometimes several year gaps and then right. it would be, oh, we're getting another one. You're like, oh wow. Fantastic. So we'd get all quite excited about those. But uh, the the first ones are better than the later ones. Right. But they're it's a pretty good show. Well that is on my list now. I'm gonna check that out. So Fantastic. Yeah. Um, here's one I've not heard of, and it's Armistead's Mopin's Tales of the City. Yeah, I'm glad you pronounced that instead of me. I would be lost. Never, never even heard of that one. Mm-hmm. Um, Laura Linney's in it, apparently. Never heard of it. <laughs> I either. love her description of it. Ooh la la, the times and lives of a frisky San Franciscans. <laughs> yep. Laura Linney. That's funny, man. Yep. underrated and underseen ensemble cast. Yeah. Never even heard of that show, yeah. so I'll have to actually investigate that one. Yeah. Um, she's then gone for The Fall, right. which is the one that I mentioned before, where it was, a, I think it was three parts, uh, starring Gillian Anderson mm-hmm. as an Irish police um, detective. Yeah. And she is over there on one case, and she ends up investigating a serial killer mm-hmm. who's played by Jamie Dornan. Yeah. And he then went on to be in Fifty Shades of Grey. So it's Mr. Grey uh, that's in that. He's really, really good in the fall. Yeah. He's not so good in Fifty Shades <laughs> of Grey. So I don't know what happened there. I skipped but, Fifty Shades. I mean, like, at one point, I just wanted to know what the stink was about. So um, Michelle actually had the book. And I was just flipping through it to see, you know. And it, it's like someone who is very squeaky clean conservative wanting to be dirty. So it's like there is no porn speak in it it's just very you know like i don't know it was just so squeaky it was like uh dirty church women or something you know what i mean it just it, it just yeah it's like oh oh what we, we said panties <laughs> exactly i was just going to use that sort of phrase like right so he said penis <laughs> yeah exactly what it is um the problem with the film is it's based on a really crap book right the film, the cinematography and stuff of the film is really good. Right. It looks good. Yeah. It's just, unfortunately, the dialogue's really, really clunky. Yeah. That's, um, it, and what a big movie, too, you know? Huge yeah. budget and all that stuff, and then everybody's talking about it. And 
Uh, yeah, I, I just I remember making fun of my sister because she was trying to order the book for her um, for the Kindle or whatever. Right. And um, anyway, it showed up and her husband, it, it, we were like a family gathering. Her husband was like, so what was this Fifty Shades of Grey? I said, oh, that's a porno. And my sister got embarrassed and my mom was laughing. So anyway, I, I tend to do that periodically. Just try to embarrass people unmercifully. <laughs> yeah, without mercy. So but um, why not? going back to the fall, beautifully shot. And I love the way. They had the set where, you know, like um, you would go from room to room and the camera would just glide like through the wall and it was from above. Really, really nicely done as so many things coming from the UK are. But, yeah, I still have yet to finish the fall, but really, really nice. I love the lighting and cinematography, the whole, you know, and all the acting is top flight as well. So there's two seasons so far. It is coming back for a third and final season yeah to wrap everything up will it have so. Julian anderson in it as well as far as i know she's in it i'm not sure whether jamie dornan's going to be in it again but right. um it's definitely she's going to be in it because i think obviously the storyline follows her she's the main linchpin gotcha. role so gotcha that'll be but good she's a unique uh, one man she's kind of a predator too because you know yes. here she was you know like uh showing up on the scene and then hey introduce me to that guy and then he has sex with, uh, you know, she has sex with him. And then um, it's like, well, hey, I know you. You're you're a lesbian. You want to go get it on. So she is very much like targeting people that she knows she can get in bed with, you know. So in a way, she's just as big a predator as the predator, you know. So. Exactly. I don't know if she doesn't kill them. <laughs> right. Yeah. So maybe she does in future seasons. Right. You know. <laughs> Um, Blandine's put another John Sim one on there right. from 2014. I've seen the first episode of this. It is really good. I just need to get back and watch two and three. Oh. Pray, which uh, John Sim's a, a police officer, gets accused of a murder and runs, basically. He's like, I oh, know I didn't do what you're accusing me of, so I'm going to leg it and prove my innocence. Right. So it's one of these sort of hunting down um, shows. There is another season coming out. I don't know whether John Sim's back in it yet, right. though. So it may be one of these similar storyline but a different character type do you, thing. Do actors in the UK not get worried about being typecast? Because he plays a lot of reporters. And, you know, it's like over here, it's kind of like, oh, I can only play, you know, like a serial killer or whatever. I don't want to get typecast as a Vulcan or, um, you know, as Jack Bauer or whatever, you know? Yeah, I think over here, generally, actors are just quite happy to be acting <laughs> making money so there's right. yeah making money i mean the money's not as good over here as it is in the states right. but i think people over here have the mentality going you know i don't really i had a conversation with somebody who was in only falls and horses mm-hmm. many years ago and i said you know do people quote lines and stuff he went yeah yeah they do i said how do you take that he went i'm glad to be remembered for something <laughs> nice doesn't bother me at all yeah so i think they generally are happy to be working. Yeah. Well, and I like the the budgets being smaller so they can you guys can do more entertainment. And it's not such a like uh, as we've discussed before over here, you know, there's certain TV shows they'll make the pilot and everybody's excited about being a part of this project and it's like, "Nah, we decided not to even run with it." So even the pilot is shelved. No one's going to see it, you know, and it just seems like over in the UK the BBC will um, put together, you know, like a TV series and it's kind of like Netflix. It's kind of like, although, you know, you guys are still doing it um, weekly, but still it's like, Hey, here's the whole story. You know, we're yeah. not going to, we're not going to give you the shaft and, you know, life on Mars, US, you, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> which yeah, by the, sort of- have I told you that I finished up season two of life on Mars, the UK and that rocks, man. The that ending did. was yep. just stellar. So, anyway. yeah. 
I digress. Go ahead, man. Great show. Yeah. Um, but no, in general, over here, as far as I know, they will make the entire series and then start showing it week to week. Right. So even if they say, yeah, it's not really done very well, we're not going to bring it back next year, they'll still show you the remaining episodes right. rather than just annoy your entire audience by going, nope, it's gone. Yeah. We've thrown it in the bin. Yep. <laughs> so, um, and next one she has got is called The Missing, starring James Nesbitt. A uh, couple's son goes missing while they're on holiday. Mm-hmm. She said it's very, very good. I've not seen that one. I remember it being on, but I never watched it. What was the one? And maybe it was French, um, but it was where people were coming back from the dead. And I think I was at the return. There you go. Yeah. 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 Uh, Michelle and I watched that. I think they did a U.S. version. We didn't watch it. Um, I just thought it was just too precocious. Just I don't know. It, it just it felt so slow and so belabored that I, I didn't like the U.S. version, but I did like the original. Yeah. Yeah. I've not watched any of that. I think some of those are on Netflix, but I'm not sure whether it's the um the American one, or it's one it, it, in French. I can't remember, but yeah. um, it was all subtitled. But that one is on Netflix. We watched um, the first season, and I don't know. Maybe the second season is up now. I don't know. I haven't checked in a while. And the final one she's got, and I can't remember whether I've seen this one, but Blandine's put one down called Exile, which, funnily enough, again stars John Sim. Yep, as a journalist. He plays plays a journalist. (laughs) He goes back home to lick his wounds and ends up taking care of his estranged father who has Alzheimer's disease. I have a vague recollection that I've seen this one. Yeah. I think if his dad's played by Jim Broadbent, then I've seen it. So I'm going to have to look that up after. But if so, it was very, very good. Yeah. So that's the ones. Um, not surprisingly, most of these, or a lot of them, are UK ones. Right. She does love the old uh, UK one. Honourable mentions, she has given Lace, which I remember watching that one. Too. That was one of the, the proper miniseries ones that I remembered. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lonesome Dove. Traffic. don't know whether you're familiar with Traffic, but that's what the Steven Soderbergh film was based on. No The way. UK really? miniseries. Hmm. Yep. Interesting. Uh, the Way We Live Now, never even heard of that. Yeah. Uh, oops, it's a British one, never even heard of it. Um, Parade's End, another British one. Mm-hmm. Benedict Cumberbatch is in that one. Hmm. Uh, Ultraviolet, A Man Discovers the World of Vampires. That one I have seen. That was, I think it was a Channel 4 and ITV one a few years ago. Hmm. That was quite good. And um, a series called In the Flesh, which is a zombie one. But it's treating the zombie epidemic more like a virus. Right. So people are sick rather than zombies. So that was quite good. That lasted two seasons, but unfortunately has been cancelled. Huh. So it will not come back for a third. But as happens there, we uh, we get the full series. So Yeah. Well, I've, there you go. And apparently it's on Netflix too, as well. Because I have two con- uh, two ideas for two different zombie movies that deal with a different – um, one has a different view of zombies and what they are and what they aren't. And then the other um, would be a, a very cheap movie to, um, you know, to, to produce. But again, it's um, it deals with zombies. So anyway, have you seen Maggie? The Schwarzenegger film? No, you know, um, I bought it on Blu-ray. Abby saw it and said it's really good and we should watch it. So I've been waiting on her to have like a free afternoon and uh, we're going to watch it and probably do a little podcast on it. Abby seemed to have fun doing um, being on the podcast for the Nightmare on Elm Street. So 
Nice. But yeah, Maggie is very good. Yeah. I enjoy that one. It, it gives you a different take on the zombie thing, like you mentioned. Yeah. Which, I, I, you know, I, I think it was kind of cool that, you know, we're zombie, you know, like the zombie movies, you know, start off as ghouls and then we had the zombies that wanted to eat more brains and how it's ex- expanded. I think, you know, probably The Walking Dead kind of brought it back in the culture and and now there's so many different movies and tv shows and you know like there's the one that i've never seen where uh the girl works at a morgue so she can eat brains and see their uh memories or something i don't know how that show works but uh wow yeah is that not i zombie is that that one? there you go yeah yep yeah never seen that either so it was kind of like i zombie iphone yeah i'm gonna pass on this so <laughs> i think um it was 28 days later that brought back zombies you know probably and that was really cool in that you know to me the slow moving slug zombies they're not all i mean now granted you have a wall that of zombies and you're stuck in an alley yeah you're pretty fucked but uh, overall man i mean you just outrun them you know what i mean and but i for a zombie to run which that was another hypothesis i had a dozen years ago when i was writing one script about zombies where um zombies don't because I wanted to delve into the limits that we place upon ourselves because we're told you can't jump that high. You can't run that fast, you know? And so zombies being brain dead, they just run as fast as they can, which is incredibly fast. And they can jump and move more like, I guess, um, maybe the zombies in, uh, was it World War Z or something where, you know, they could leap further or whatever. And um, it'd just be a, a lot more terrible, you know, <laughs> and terrifying. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So what have you got on your list? What's the mini series that have made um, however long your list is? You know, I like Broadchurch, um, yep. which I'm assuming that's uh, – and the fact that it kind of wrapped up that story, and I don't think uh, Doctor Who came back for the second season, if I remember correctly, which I haven't um, seen yet. I thought he did actually. Really? Maybe not. Yeah. yeah I'm gonna. I shall check while I'm listening to you. All right. Educate me on Broadchurch because yep. I started watching it, really enjoyed it, but then somebody spoiled it and told me, you know, who did what to whom, and I'm like, well, I don't need to watch that one. To so. me, the reveal at the end when now, granted, even though you know who did what, even though like I think it was in the next to last episode. The case was kind of solved, but then you you got to go back and rewatch what happened, and the way they did it visually was really really cool. Even if you just jump to that final episode and watch it, I love the reveal. I mean, like it was really cool, and it explained the visuals from the start of the show and how there was so much planning on who looked like what and this and that, so that I, even in the final episode, even though I knew who killed who. Uh, yep. it was still as like, damn, that's an awesome reveal. Probably one of my favorite reveals of all time. So now that David Tennant, yeah. David Tennant did come back for season two really? and there is going to be a season three next year. Wow, man. So hopefully that still kind of counts as, um, a mini series though. I don't know. Uh, it, I would think so yeah. because it was originally done as a one-off right? and then it became popular. So then they go, Oh, well, let's do another one, Great. which is similar to the fault. Yeah. I think that was originally planned as a one. Right. And then they go, actually, that was quite popular. Let's make another series right. and so on and so on. So yeah. Um, I have Jack Irish on my list because I so enjoyed the show. I know, um, you know, Blandine did as well. Um, cause it, she was like, yeah, I checked it out and you're right at rock. So, um, and they haven't, you know, like done any more, but, uh, anyway, but I, I just thought that was a really, really cool, um, you know, show. So it, it was like two movies in essence. So, 
Um, so that made the list. Um, State of Play, which we've already talked about. Um, you know, there's <laughs> this is an eclectic list, mind you. But anyway, I have fond memories of watching the miniseries Mary, Mother of Jesus, which I don't remember <laughs> it being called that. But Christian Bale plays Christ, and he is so charismatic. And versus, like you know, in contrast to the Max von Sydow, who was very dark and brooding and depressed. And I, I don't know why anybody followed him. You know what I mean? Because it was he never smiled. Look into my blue eyes. Whatever, man. You know, and so, but Christian Bale was always, you know, like cutting up. He was a carpenter. He'd make fun. He'd make jokes, and he would drink wine, hang out, and party, and all that stuff. And I was just like, wow, man, that's the charismatic leader that could have inspired twelve men to leave their their jobs behind and follow him. So anyway, but I don't remember it being so Catholic with. Mary, mother of Jesus. You know what I mean? Because it's kind of like the the swear in so many different movies. It's like mother of God. You know <laughs> exactly. It's like sort of thing you scream if you bang, bang your uh, leg on a desk or something. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah. So that was on the list. Um, and I don't know if you want to consider this. Uh, you know, like if you want these two to go together as a as you know as like a, a couple or whatever. But uh, the long way round, the long way down. I thought both those were just a cool, and I consider them a mini series because really it didn't spawn a, a series; it just spawned another mini series. But um, seeing Hugh McGregor uh, and his friend, whoever is whatever his name is, I can't remember. Charlie Borman. Yeah, yeah, man, seeing them travel on bikes and having fun. It makes me want to do a road trip. You know, I mean, like, so I really enjoy both those. I discovered that when I was working at Halogen and I was um, having to edit the show to be sure that the profanity wasn't out there. Halogen was trying to, you know, kind of walk that line where anyone could watch the shows. And really, it was just fun, you know. And um, but anyway, yeah, so I I ordered those uh, for that Christmas uh, for myself. So check out Race to Dakar. D A K A R because that is the middle one of that series. No way. Yeah, and it is. Uh, there's a very famous motorbike race in Africa called the Dakar Rally, right? Which is it's the sort of thing that Mad Max might go. Not too sure I want to do that. It looks a bit dangerous. <laughs> and Charlie Borman and Ewan McGregor are going to be going on that race. And it's not got as much of Ewan McGregor in it, right. but he is in it because it's it's more Charlie Borman. But that's <laughs> another mini series that was done in between the two. Long way, right? Uh, series. I will so. check that out, man. And so, do you, yep. do you have a, a, a special fondness for Human McGregor since he's from your original neck of the woods, Scotland? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I was a fan of Hugh McGregor since I saw him in Shallow Grave, which was the film he did before Train Spotting. Really? And then obviously, yeah. Train Spotting launched him to you know Hollywood Heights, and right. then uh, is I have a signed picture from Hugh McGregor. Oh, that is I, cool, uh, man. So. So that's pretty good. So did you meet uh, him, or did you send off for it? I sent off for yeah. it, and he sent it back. So that was wow, man, nice. that's still really cool, dude. Yeah. Um, Balsar Galactica. I, you know, a lot of people were like, "What Starbucks, a uh, woman? What the hell? <laughs> you know?" And where are the daggets? And I was like, "Wait a minute, what? <laughs> we're really worried about not having the monkey suit dog thing." And and turns out one of the daggets died. That was something I found during some <gasps> research was oh, that he, the poor monkey overheated in the suit, and that's what happened to the daggets. It wasn't like, uh-oh. "Yeah, we won't." It's just like, "Oh shit, man, we lost our monkey." So, <laughs> but um, but anyway but i thought it was cool i thought it was interesting to have 
such a hot um, Cylon. You know what I mean? You you had your metal exoskeleton kind of Terminator-ish uh, Cylons, which to me looked kind of goofy. I kind of like the original Galactica Cylons, but – you know, hey, there you go. Uh, but yet you had your your in the flesh kind of Cylon, and the fact that and I can't remember the blonde's name, but anyway, uh, is it Lena uh, Lena Heady oh, or something like Trisha that? Something Helfer. like that. You were it? close, Trisha Helfer. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, she was just I, I was like, damn man, she's hot. And of course, you know, instead of the light going back and forth over the forehead, it was like up and down her spine when she had sex. So, you know, it was interesting. I was down with it. So. Um, but yeah, so Balsar Galactica, I have the stand, um, yes. and I have the shining. I thought that was a pretty good mini series, yeah. different than what Kubrick did. Um, but still it was kind of cool and still not exactly the book. Um, but yeah, kind of cool. Did you see Tin Man? Um, no, I think I saw maybe part of the first episode Yeah, because this was, I think it was like a sci-fi channel thing. It was, over here with yeah. With uh, I saw some Chanel, of it. however you pronounce her name. And, That's um, exactly how you pronounce her name. Yep. Yeah, cool, man. Every so often yeah. I get it right. <laughs> <laughs> Even a broken clock is right twice a day. That's right. <laughs> yep. Well, that's kind of like there was one clock in the garage, and this is where I used to lift weights and stuff. And it just like I would never do the daylight savings time. And somebody was like, man, why don't you fix that clock? And I said, because it will eventually be right again. And so <laughs> I just had to – I mean really, who cares, man? I know where the hour hand is um, – yeah, or the minute hand is, and that lets me know, you know, how late I am for the next thing. So, um, Doctor Horrible Sing Along Blog, Joss Whedon's musical. Did you ever see yes. that? I am no, but the amount of people that tell me to watch it. You really should. Now Dexter loathes it, um, but I, I mean, like there was one project that we did. Uh, this was uh, Hannah's short film. And at one point, everybody, cast and crew, was actually singing the different songs. Everybody had seen it. And it's just fun, man. I mean, like, you know, you have uh, Nathan Fillion and um, Doogie Hauser. God, I'm, I'm failing with names right now. Neil Harris. Yeah, Neil Patrick Harris. And it's just fun, man. But the fact that during the writer's strike, Joss Whedon was like, I've got to be creative or I'm going to explode. And so – he didn't pay anybody to do it. Everybody was just bored, senseless. And of course, all these people have residual checks coming in. So, um, but yeah, man. And, uh, I think it was he and his brother and his sister-in-law wrote the, uh, the songs and came up with the story and did the music and really cool. So yeah, you should check it out. It's been on Netflix. I think it still is. So, you know, it won't cost you anything. Nice. But that's a good little mini series. And I mean, little, I, like if ever mini series, actually correctly represented unlike jumbo shrimp like if we had shrimp shrimp this would be it because it's very short man i think you can watch it in about 40 minutes and you've seen all three episodes okay so, um the lost room do you remember that nope a detective investigates a mysterious motel room which acts as a portal to all an alternative um alternate universe uh peter krauss is in it juliana margulies that was why I started watching. I was like, damn, she's just really hot. So anyway, back a decade or more ago, that was what dictated whether I wanted to watch a show. So I guess really the beautiful cast, maybe they've got something going on there. I don't know, man. Maybe they, they that is a part of the formula that should be there. But um, but anyway, I just thought it was cool. I'm a sci-fi fan. So um, you know, having a room that's a portal to alternate universes, kind of cool. Um, did you see Storm of the Century? 
I did. Yep, one of the many Stephen King ones. I quite enjoyed Storm the Century. Yeah, and there were a couple times where I thought, okay, it's just a little too much cheese. But then they, you know, they came right back. And yeah, I thought it was cool, man. And really, you know, trapping people in a, a city the way they did, I thought was cool. So um, Cosmos. I'm pretty sure that was Carl Sagan, if I remember correctly. But, you know, yes. talking about the galaxies and all, once again, uh, big geek. So that was cool. State of Play was on my list. And that is it, man. I actually stopped at 15. Everybody will be proud of me instead of, like, wow. having 30 instead of 10. You know how I roll. So, yeah. See, no mention of North and South? No. With its authentic Southern <laughs> accent? No, not at all, man. I, I didn't even watch it. And I remember my mom was oh, like, amazing. oh, you need to watch it. I bet some of our relatives are in there. I was like, nah, I'm, I'm going to pass. So, yeah. Because everybody talks like they're from South Carolina. <laughs> you know, that sort of – and that was probably a better accent than some of the I people in so, it. It's like, why, yeah, with I have to go kick my slaves in the head. <laughs> <laughs> we must secede from the union. Right. It's pretty much right. 10 hours of that. But it's the cast list was awesome. Jonathan Frakes, Kirstie Alley, Patrick Swayze, yeah. you know, Michael Dudikoff from American Ninja. He was in there. So amazing cast list. Yeah, But yet really, really awful. I don't think they had any of the accents down right. But <laughs> no. pretty much it's like, hey, you've got to do a southern accent. What do you what do you do? I oh, sound stupid. You know, I'm gonna sound like Anne Nicole Smith. <laughs> I think <laughs> they all sound like Sling Blade. I think that's it. <laughs> that is it, man. So even Anna Nicole Smith sounds intelligent. She it's does. Ivy League in comparison, right? <laughs> yep. But I, I did. I mean, I, I wouldn't go. How dare they? That's not an authentic Southern accent. Right. We had no idea. We're like, that must be what all Americans sound like. Right. Um, so I loved that one. I had the stand in there. Right. Uh, Edge of Darkness which was also turned into a movie starring Mel Gibson. It was originally a British miniseries really? starring the guy who was in the first Jurassic Park. You know the clever girl, him, Bob Peck, oh, the, really? the dinosaur hunter from the first one. Oh, that is cool, man. Him. Yeah. He's like the main role. His daughter dies and he goes to investigate how, and it's all to do with nuclear um, politics and you know wow, stuff like that. Man. It's kind of like some of the state of play. I was going to say, yeah, man. That was kind of cool. Yeah. I didn't understand some of the political stuff. It's like, oh, he's the blah, blah, blah minister and the blah, 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 blah. And, but I was like, it's politics. It's corrupt. I get it, man. I'm rolling. I'm rolling with it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, did you ever watch any of the Dune miniseries? I didn't. And uh, it's. Uh, I, I'll have to ask Michelle if she saw any of it because she's a big fan of the original Dune. And that was one of like the first uh, gifts that I bought her. I think it was. I think it was for Mother's Day. That was one of the things that I got her right after we were married, and uh, was the original Dune movie. But um, yeah, and that was. It's funny. We're you know you were bringing up that you know so many movies. There's so much leaked footage and all this other stuff. And back when the original Dune came out, I remember picking up was it Fangoria or one of the sci-fi magazines and flipping through and seeing a couple of different you know pictures of the you know from the set and then I think it was some entertainment uh, news show on TV and this was all broadcast back in the day and you know they were showing you know the main actor being frustrated because he couldn't remember his line and he you know like uh, slammed his fist into the fake wall and then walked off the set and, you know but that was all we'd get these little snippets and then so it's very controlled man it's not like the internet today where everybody has you know, they can take 12 megapixel uh, photos with their phone and 
post them onto the internet and everybody is spoiled. So Exactly. Christian Bale snaps at a cinematographer or a lighting person right. and next thing it's all <laughs> over the world and you can never forget it. <laughs> no, but you know, I think he did a good job of apologizing. You know what I mean? Like he was just like, I was an ass, you know? And so I think maybe that should have been like what Matt Damon should have done was just like, damn, I'm an ass. I didn't mean it that way and just left it alone versus I'm going to, I have this uh, news brief that I want to read. It's three pages long. So more people can hate me. And, uh, you know, the Christian Bale seemed very genuine. It was like, nah, I was an asshole, man. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm surprised to hear no mention of band of brothers on your list. Uh, you know, I don't, I can't even remember what that was. Just think Saving Private Ryan, the TV oh, series. Oh, that's it. Yeah, okay. Because yeah. what was the other one that was a miniseries about uh, being out in space? Like the Apollo um, Journey to the Moon or Journey, something like that. Tom Hanks produced yeah. one again, wasn't it? Yeah. Journey, because oh, I've not seen that one. Yep. From, the Earth, from the Earth to the Moon, I think it was called. Yeah, I haven't Journey seen it either. Sometime. But I do remember yeah, that versus Band of Brothers, which I just I don't have any recollection of that. Which is weird because usually I would at least see, you know, like uh, the advertising for it. It's amazing, but I've seen that several times, and it is actually my favorite really? uh, miniseries, along with The Stand. But yeah, yeah. It's really, really. Well, and they did kind of a follow-up sort of thing right. called The Pacific, which is obviously a similar type format, but set in the Pacific right. during World War Two. Hmm. Uh, well, what else I got? Now I'll check that out. I got V. Got to have V on there. Oh yeah. So, why? Why did I not have V on my list? Because because um, you knew I'd have it on. There so you go, man. There you go. But yeah, I thought that was cool. Do you? Did you watch it when it was originally broadcast? Certainly did. Yes. The amazing special effects of the lizard baby. Yep. Like, oh my god! Now you're like, <laughs> really? Is this Jim Henson? Who knows? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I love V. Yeah, it was just a little bit. What was the, uh, or was it just called Dinosaurs, the uh, sitcom where, that Jim Henson produced where they were all a bunch of dinosaurs? I think it probably was just called Dinosaurs. Yeah, but you're right. Very very yeah. similar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there's a few, I mean, making the list up, there's a few that I need to watch. Like there's an HBO one called Generation Kill, which was about war in the, the Middle East yeah. or the Gulf or whatever. Yeah. I've not seen that one. Um, Lonesome Dove, never seen that one. Yeah. Angels in America, the Al Pacino one, never seen that from HBO either. Wow. Shogun, never seen Shogun. Yeah. I remember seeing uh, the advertising for that, and then I think it conflicted with some other TV show I was watching. Uh, probably something sci fi or whatever. But yeah, I remember um, like my girlfriend at the time was watching it because I guess there's a love story, something going on. So yeah, but I, I missed that of, one. One I put down, which it turns out I actually have it in my DVD collection. I need to rewatch it. I've not seen it for 13 years. It's called Taken. It's not got Liam Neeson in it. It's actually <laughs> it's a Steven Spielberg one about alien abduction. Oh, I remember the poster for that one. Where yep, the dude like is a blue, being, uh, blue poster. Yeah, he's like floating up towards the light. Is that it? That's the one. Yeah, I never saw that so one either. I I need to recheck that one out. And one I remember when I was growing up as a kid, I was about probably about 12 when it was on. Mm-hmm. So from 1983, it's called The Mad Death. And it's a three-part one. It's about rabies. <laughs> so it's quite it's really, really scary. It's set in Britain. And it petrified people. What is it called Because again? it's uh, The Mad Death. <laughs> I wonder it's if really, I really good. It starts, oh, I think there's like a dog sticks its head in a tree log and gets bitten by a bat and then starts foaming at the mouth <laughs> and then kill, kills its owner 
And then I think the police show up to find out where this woman is. And then somehow that ends up being like a countrywide rabies outbreak. Right. So it's, it's really scary. There's like some scenes where it's, there's a, um, an abandoned shopping mall and this dog's walking through and people are ah, hiding, hiding behind glass going, ah, the dog's there, it's going to bite me. So it was pretty terrifying back in 1983. Wow. But was that before maybe. or after Cujo, the, uh, the movie or the book or whatever, you know? Funnily enough, it's probably around the same time as the movie, I think. <laughs> I suspect either a couple of months before or a couple of months after right. is generally these things work. <laughs> Um, but it's about similar to Cujo. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like we watched The Illusionist and uh, Prestige. The Presti- yeah. And so, you know, to be ready for the podcast on Monday. And I thought it was funny. Both those came out the same year, you know? And so it's, it's just, to me, it's stupid the way Hollywood's just like, oh, hey, man, they're doing a movie about uh, red Blu ray cases. Let's do one too, you know? And you super saturate the market and then the only one's going to win. So it, that to me is not hedging your bet unless you're actually better. Like I thought the prestige was better than the illusionist, but anyway, yeah, yeah. I digress. Then, Carry on. Then you've got your deep impact <laughs> in Armageddon. You've got exactly. your saving private Ryan and thin red line, right? You know, what sort of stuff, and then so. bugs life and ants, you know? Yes. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm thinking that's probably about it, I think. Yeah. But there's a lot. I mean, I thought there'd be a list of maybe 10 miniseries that I could go, da, da, da. Yeah. and I started looking down the list. I'm like, oh, I'd forgotten about that one. I'd Great. forgotten about this one. I'd forgotten about that one. <laughs> there's so many UK ones, though, because we yeah. tend to do those in the fall, where it's you know gets to about August, September, October type thing, and then our TV is just filled with things like Broadchurch and the fall right. and exile and that t- tends to be our season right. where we just get all these little multi-part ones there's one started at the minute called River which is Stellan Skarsgård um, one of my Facebook friends Joseph Alton mm-hmm. who's in Game of Thrones he's in it and a whole bunch of people and that's a six episode Scandinavian thriller that's been remade for the English speaking language as far as I could tell yeah. so that'll be out on DVD at the end of the year so I'll probably just binge watch it um, because if I'm watching these things week to week, guaranteed there'll be one week when I'm not able to do it. Right. And it's like, damn it, I'm halfway through <laughs> and then I never get back to finishing it. So I'd rather stockpile all these episodes yeah. and then hammer through them. That way I know I'm going to be able to watch it all. Yeah. Well, and that, and, you know, going back to the whole comic book side of things with comic book TV, um, the other day I was watching Arrow and this one character, um, you know, like stands up and says, you know what? I'm not afraid. I'm going to run for mayor. And I'm like, yeah, but you'll be running against, oh, wait, that was on Gotham. Feel free to run for the mayor. You know what I mean? So there's there's a point at which there's this bleed over. It's kind of like, wow, wait a minute. Is it Ant-Man or is it on uh, Arrow? Is it uh, Palmer Technologies? Wait, no, that's DC, not Marvel. And after a while, it does. It becomes like one big uh, pile of used gum, you know? <laughs> 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 yep. So that's pretty much um, the mini series thing covered. Yeah. But there is a lot, and I do. I wish that Netflix had more of these things on. They've got a lot of the UK, yeah, three parts, six parts. But I really do wish they had some of the older ones, like the sort of Rich Man Poor Man and and Lonesome Dove and stuff like that, right. just so I could catch up on them. Yeah. Does Hulu have those? I, I haven't even checked. We. We don't have no Hulu over here what? in the UK as far as I can. I'm pretty sure there's a way to obtain it, but right. not properly. But Hulu <laughs> doesn't live here anymore. We have um, Amazon Instant and right. 
um, Netflix. Which, you know, I was kind of disappointed with Amazon Instant. I thought it was going to be like a just, you know, like better than everything else, right? Because I wanted yes. to see oh. Birds of Prey. You remember that TV show? Uh, no. Uh, well, it's based on the DC comic characters, and so this is after Joker has, you know, it, after the killing joke happened, if you're a comic book fan. But so the Joker's already, you know, converted uh, Batgirl into Oracle, if you will, and uh, by putting a bullet through her spine. And so, you know, and then, um, oh, gosh. Uh, what's her name? Anyway, one of the characters is the love child of Batman and Catwoman, Huntress. That's uh, the one Huntress storyline. But anyway, so I wanted to watch it, and uh, turns out uh, Cameron has Amazon Prime like for the month, right? And so anyway, I was able to go in there and look at the library, but it's not that extensive. I thought it was supposed no. to be huge. Yeah, it's it's not. And what they do on on Netflix, they'll say, for example, Lost. And it'll have one thumbnail of Lost, and they count Lost as one item. Right. With Amazon Instant, they will count Lost Series 1 as an item, Series 2 as an item, right. Series 3, Series 4, and so on. And they're all on separate thumbnails. So you look at this list, you're like, they've got tons. <laughs> but they haven't because they've split it all. Right. <laughs> so Netflix definitely has a lot more content yeah. than, than Amazon. Yeah. And I realize I, I don't want a monopoly. For, you know, of media. But on the other hand, if there was some uber power that said, you know what, I'm going to combine all these, you know, Netflix, Amazon, and Hulu, and it's going to be this global entertainment in- entity, then I would be willing to pay 20 bucks a month to access the world of entertainment. They won't do it because there's all these, you know, like, well, how much are you going to pay me for my stuff? And then you have CBS who doesn't want to play nice with Hulu or anybody. They want to have their own app and their own, you know, like you have to watch everything. It has to be a week old or you can't watch it. So you can't even see the most recent episode unless you pay, which I already pay for Hulu and Netflix. I'm not playing for, you know, CBS, whatever. And, um, but yeah, it just, you know, everybody's trying to make an extra buck versus if everybody was tied into one entity. So I could say, Hey, you know what? I want to watch stay to play. Then I want to watch, uh, birds of prey. And then I want to watch, um, the latest version of limitless. It's all right there. You know what I mean? And then let that entity divvy up the money and trickle down and everybody's happy, but, uh, no one wants to play nice. Everybody's out for as much money as they can. So, and then you get the old. Well, it's only five dollars a month. Yeah, but those five dollars from that one, this one, those two, these six, and yeah. that other one yeah. kind of add up to a crazy cost. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Before long, it's like paying for cable vision over here. It's just not worth it. <laughs> exactly. So at the minute, I have Amazon Instant, which I pay for, and right. then uh, I let Bob watch mine. Right. Um, because you're allowed to connect it to four devices, right. so therefore I have one, and vice versa with Bob and his Netflix. So oh, that's think. cool, man. Yeah, it's uh, I do share Netflix with um, the kids and all their mini devices, and then Jake and I share a Vudu account, which is kind of cool. And so, yeah. you know, it, he'll get a new movie, put it on there, I'll get a new movie, put it on there, and then that way we do have a library. And with our fast uh, internet connection over here, you can even watch the HDX versions and they run very smooth so nice i have an ultraviolet account 
which it runs through Flickster. Yeah. So I've only got about nine films on it so far. But right. when I buy a DVD and there's like a little piece of paper in there, I go, there you go, let's put the code in and bang. Yeah. At some point, I'll watch them. Yep. But, uh, I did the Flick, uh, the Flickster route. and then, But also, all those will populate your Voodoo as well. Like if you set up a Voodoo account and combine both together, um, yep. then, you know, I tend to like Voodoo better than Flickster in that I think there's um, – more apps that allow voodoo onto like your uh, blu-ray player and xbox and all that other stuff maybe maybe flickster's there too but um i thought it was kind of cool that you're you know you can have either and still see all the movies and stuff because they're in the in the beginning like when i bought my first blu-ray that had that code i went with flickster just because i was familiar with them uh versus voodoo because voodoo didn't even have a, a working app for the iphone but anyway i digress the uh it but i i enjoy that kind of movies in the cloud and that way you know if michelle and i are at a motel and we you know don't like what's on hbo and we just want to watch a movie then there's my ipad or laptop and we just stream it from voodoo that's what i did when uh, i was in mexico with annette i took over the kindle fire which had netflix tapped into it plugged it into the tv with a mini hdmi cable and we just watched netflix we hammered through the entire third season of orange is a new black uh, (laughs) because it was i mean we didn't sort of spend all the time watching tv but when it was too hot to go out because we're from britain so we die if we go out in the sun (laughs) we would just hibernate there's the new element called sunshine right Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> there is. We're not used to that over here. So we sort of go out and visit it in small doses. I so, hear you, man. <laughs> yeah, the Kindle was a wonderful device. It is, that, man. So. That and it's got my, and, you know, most of my library of books on there. And um, I'm very interested in getting, maybe I'll get it for Christmas. But, you know, they're going back to the old style Kindle where if you don't care about playing all the games, you just want books on there. They have that, whatever they call it, the something ink where everything is updated like, you know, you you go to another page in the book and it's static. So it doesn't drain the battery. And my old Kindle, which just doesn't work anymore, had that kind of ink technology. And literally I would read books for a month, month and a half before having to recharge it versus like the current Kindle. It's always checking on everything. And, you know, it's like a, a day and a half and you're done so you have to charge it yeah. again yeah. i think annette's got one of the old kindles because i think she's only charged it up once in the past five years or whatever <laughs> uh, she she reads it a lot but yeah. the battery life on that is incredible yeah. whereas the kindle fires maybe you know you watch some netflix it's like well it's been on for four hours so i need to charge it again right. <laughs> yep but again, we're so spoiled with technology that, you know, even 10 years ago, we, I mean, who would have thought that we would have so many ways to watch um, a high def picture in your house and be entertained by all these different movies? And uh, it's just incredible. And then, you know, when you go on and watch high def trailers on YouTube, and I, I use a Chromecast, I have one of those on every one of the TVs. So, you know, I'm just sitting there with my iPhone playing Tony Stark and uh, flipping videos onto the screen. And sometimes that's even family time. Like, uh, you know, uh, Ian has a Kindle, uh, Abby has her laptop, and we're all just like getting our videos in queue. You know what I mean? Like, oh, here's a, here's a great music video from the 80s. Here's a horrendous one. You know, I mean, it's fun, man. You know, just it's almost like punking each other. But yeah, technology today <laughs> is really sweet. Definitely. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I think that pretty much rounds up mini series. Yeah. What have you got planned for the rest of your day? Anything exciting? Uh, you know, I don't know, man. Uh, we did a commentary for the movie Art of Confession last night over at Vanell. So she lives an hour away, and Dexter came by here. We did an interview uh, just because of the way we shot it. I was the director and DP for the first leg of it, and then he was the director, and Ryan was the uh, DP for the second leg of the movie. And so um, we did an interview here, then went over to Vanell's, got back here, I guess it was about quarter of 12, and then I was wide awake, man. So I was watching uh, an episode of Dark Matter. And so I, I woke up this morning, and I kept hitting the snooze. So I was supposed to get up at like quarter of 7. 7.30, uh, my daughter knocked on the door and said, hey, Dad, are you ready to take me to school? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm ready. And so I haven't even thought about beyond the podcast. I was like, I've got to finish my list. I'm gonna hang out with Stuart, and then I'll just let the day unfold. So, <laughs> what about it sounds like my plan as well? I have no idea what I'm doing right. later on. That's so, good, though, other man. Than editing this and getting it online because the last one we did was 24th of September. Wow! So that was the last podcast I recorded in any shape or form. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, and but, so uh, when are we gonna get together with uh, Jake and do um, do a, a podcast? We should. I mean, like I work on the schedule. I, ideally, that was one of the reasons I was going to try and get the stream with a dot thing working, so I could somehow yeah do that right. Um, because I've got the Kindle tablet. But if that doesn't seem to like it, then who knows? Yeah. Um, how that one will work, but. It's just a case of working out the free time schedules. You give me a shout when you guys want to do it, and I'll okay. make sure that I'm there. Okay, sounds good. And I will get up with the stream with the guy dot guys just because um they like our show being on their their app or however you want to word it it's not really a network and um so they're even requested pictures of us so that they could use it as a promotional um you know item for their app so anyway i'll get up with one of those guys and say hey how can Stuart, you know uh get stream with a dot on his kindle and try to work out something and send you an email Yep, or a laptop. I have laptops, PCs, and a Kindle Fire. Yeah, so that's pretty much the tech yeah. that I've got, and obviously Playstations and Xboxes and stuff. So right, yeah. I think as long as you have access to the internet, you could technically stream it through a browser. But I know the browser is kind of sketchy on the Kindle. So yeah, okay. I shall leave that onto your homework list. All right, man. Sounds and, good. And uh, you enjoy your day. And uh, thank you very much for chatting mini series, and thank you, Blandine, for chucking in your feedback yeah. as well. It's always much appreciated. Because now I have more on my list to watch, which is always nice. And um, I hope you and Nanette have a great uh, weekend, and um, you know. And then I'll look forward to the next podcast, whatever we do together. Definitely. Who knows what that will be? <laughs> we shall right. see. And who knows? Maybe more people will uh, enter in the discussion and uh, let us know what they would like to hear us talk about. So, Exactly. So I shall put some tweets out over the weekend and find out what topics should be covered. And uh, we'll see if there's any good ones. <laughs> if they're crap, we'll just ignore them. Sounds great, man. All right, so. dude. Well, All right, John. You take care. Boys. All right. <laughs> and I will chat to you soon. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Okay. was 
a, a real sense of you were doing something wrong, but that did give it that, that feeling of excitement. When the reveal of the film happens, that's when it just becomes absurd. And the atmosphere and just the sense you get whenever you go into it is undeniable. It, it did absolutely zero for me, which could be for the hype. What we just discussed there is just scratching the surface on it. Hi, I'm Eric England, the director of Contracted, and you're listening to From Page to Scream, the horror show. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.